Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So starting an epic journey, I feel like is always like cause for, for me at least, travel anxiety. <laughs> oh. It comes real hard, real mm-hmm. fast. Um, um, how does oh, your travel... <laughs> we harmonized on that. Um, yeah. um, um, how does that travel anxiety manifest? It's kind of like paralysis is what I would say. I feel like I, I'm like, oh, okay, I could get some stuff done or I could do nothing or I could read. Oh, I could do that. And then I just end up overwhelming myself. <laughs> I see. Because it just like is easy. I feel like when it's not like, okay, you're going right there where it's like a build up to the trip where it's not like, okay, work ends. And then it's like, okay, we got to scurry onto a plane. There's nothing to distract me. I feel like I get very kind of like spacey in my head uh, and in my head about like the travel. Interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like it's just because you're going to be traveling and you're going to be away from home and routine? Or are there like things like just the fact that the flight is early morning or later morning or afternoon or even does any of that play into it or does all of it play into it? I think it's more of a like getting out of my comfort zone for a minute and mm-hmm. like realizing that, okay, like you're not going to be at home but you're going to have a good time. (laughs) Uh You're going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. And then once I'm there, it's like, or once I'm in the airport, then it's fine. Like I'm okay. Once we're in the car driving, if it's like a road trip, then I'm fine. Like, Mm -hmm. but I think it's the fear of the unknown. that just like, that's your cue. Into the unknown. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that kind of like, it works its way, it warms its way into me. Do you feel like travel and facing the fear that comes with travel every time you have to do it, that helps you heal, grasp, deal with your yeah, fear? Yeah, I think unknown? so. Absolutely. I also think it's like when there's long downtime in between trips, then it's like, now I really feel it. But if it's like, oh, we're going, we're going, we're doing this like this month and the next month we're doing this and then two months from now we're doing that. Like I think when it's mm-hmm. more frequent, I don't feel it as much. Interesting. Mm-hmm. On this week's Psychosis of Mike podcast. <laughs> oh, what about your psychosis? I don't get travel anxiety in the same way. Mm-hmm. I honestly, because of trauma, I know we joke about trauma all the time, but that is, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Because um, my first week of college, I moved from Mississippi to New Jersey. And the Monday of that week, um, Hurricane Katrina hit, like obliterated so much. It totally obliterated my dad's house like not like but it it made his house like condemned like Mm -hmm. it basically ripped off the roof and like nobody could live in there anymore um my mom's house was okay we had had this whole like thing planned where we were gonna like drive all the way to new jersey and then they were gonna like do a whole trip into new england my my dad and my stepmother and my grandmother and then they were gonna pass back through new jersey and i was gonna get to see them again my dad was like i just want to give you some touch points of something familiar sure. it's really far away blah 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 whatnot and it was essentially like 
pack everything you can into two suitcases and I'll ship everything else to you. I managed to get us flights out of Mobile, Alabama because none of the airports here are flying at all. Sure. And uh, we leave in three days. So I had like three days to get everything. I mean, I had most of it together. Sure, sure. But everything I wanted to take, like, you know, I couldn't take a microwave with me and I couldn't take, you know, like all of my clothes with me. I could take what I could. And then basically move in was like, we dropped off my stuff, put some stuff in drawers, went to the grocery store. I got like four bags of groceries and my dad had to drop me off on the sidewalk. That month that I spent Mm -hmm. not even being able to like talk to my family on the phone because there was no cell reception in South Mississippi, I learned and survived a lot. Sure. And I remember feeling like that month lasted for three years. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like I had to settle all my administrative affairs on my own. And I had to, you know, like, uh, figure out and solve every problem that I could. And it, and that taught me like, okay, great. Like, you moved across the country in like a really dire situation. Yeah. And you made it happen for yourself. So getting in the car and driving to Cuyahoga Valley one night <laughs> isn't gonna be that big a deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you well, like, I'm gonna bring up the time when we were outside of Shenandoah and your car didn't start. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, I was having a bad time. Though. That was, it was a bad, bad that was a bad weekend time for, for you yeah. generally. Yes. But then there was the car problem. So it was like just compounded that bad compounded. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I do. You're like, we're going to fix it. It's okay. We're going to fix it. It's going to be fine. And we did. And everything mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like we are, as you know, the two queer sisters that we are. Mm-hmm. We're very in tune with each other when we know the other one has like, is literally just like, you know, off the pier somewhere, you know, like f- floating in the nether regions <laughs> of the feelings. Mm-hmm. And the other one's like, all right, I got to, I got to hold down the fort here and keep things calm and, sure. and steer us back in this direction. Yeah. And um, it's very easy to fall into those feelings mm-hmm. when you're away, yeah. when you're out of the things that are known. When you're out of comfort. When you're out of comfort. I'm looking for adventure. I want to follow on the trail. Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park National follow you, I'll follow you there. At the National Park, follow you, I'll follow you there. Follow you, I'll follow you there. We would like to land also called Indiana Dunes National Park that we were on the traditional and stolen land of the Kickapoo, Peoria, Kaskaskia, Potawatomi, and Miamia people. All right. So this is the start of the epicness. We've talked about it before and we have certainly delved into parks that have been a part of this giant road trip, but Indiana Dunes was the start of our summer 2021 road trip, which took us to 10 national parks. So this was the starting point for everything. And it all began here in Indiana Dunes. Well, it all actually all began um, New Jersey the night before. It did. It all began in New Jersey the night before. Mm -hmm. This was our very epic five-week 10 park road trip of the summer of 2021, which basically was like all of July. Yeah, end of June. End of June and all of July. We were very excited about it. It took like a year of planning. Yeah. Like planning, but then I think it only took us like a couple nights to book everything. Oh, yeah. We were like on it real fast. We did it real. Yeah, yeah, we were. It was great. Pros. (laughs) Total pros. I had come down here and I was staying with you, I guess, the couple days before we headed out. Yeah. 
because um, we had a wedding. There was a wedding down here. One of my friends and former colleagues got married. It was a straight wedding, but there was a lot of queer energy at this wedding. (laughs) There was. Yeah. There was a lot of good, you know, queer dancing energy. Mm -hmm. There was. We were like, okay, so we're going to stay at this wedding till like 11 at the latest. It was also like 10 minutes down the road, which made it easy because you had to come back and edit because you were a smart girl and you edited everything that we needed to go up, which was basically all of our summit episodes because you didn't want to edit on the road at all. No, No. I didn't want to bring any computer equipment at all Mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. Because we also couldn't guarantee how good the Wi-Fi was going to be anywhere we were going. So I just re-edited everything. Which, I mean, to let y'all in on some behind the scenes, most of the time I pre-edit most things. Prior, Mm -hmm. because I do all the editing, Mm -hmm. the audio editing. But yeah, there are some times where it's like, it's Sunday evening and the episode is out tomorrow and I still have to do things like mix stuff and drop the music in and like do things like that, which doesn't take a super long amount of time. But I wanted all of that done prior to us going. So that's what I did. Yep. I frantically packed and you stayed up until like, I don't know some stupid hour <laughs> getting oh, it done i did i was like i'm going to bed i'm sorry like i can't help you so good night <laughs> that's right yeah that's right but we did have a really good time at that wedding we did there were a lot of oh that's right there were a lot of straight guys on the dance floor with a lot of queer energy mm-hmm. that's right yeah and also the wedding dj could have been better always always mm-hmm. we I think got up at five in the morning the next morning to leave at six because our drive time to Indiana Dunes was about 13 hours (laughs) to where we were staying, which was in Valparaiso, Indiana. And how were you feeling on that morning of waking up (laughs) and facing the sunshine? Well, I feel like it, I mean, I don't remember it exactly, honestly, Mm -hmm. other than I think I was all right. Yeah. I think I wished I would have gotten more sleep the night before, but being able to leave the computer was a great thing. Yes. We definitely passed the time in the car working on, you know, trivia book puzzles and crossword puzzles and just like gap and like good sisters do. But God, 12 to 13 hour shots of driving are never easy. Like they start out fine, but then you get through the flatness of Pennsylvania and Ohio <laughs> and um, all bets are off. It just gets very boring as far as scenery goes. It's very plain. That's right. Essentially, Indiana Dunes is only 45 minutes from Chicago. So it was kind of like just driving to Chicago in a day. Yeah. From where we are in New Jersey. And I've done that three times in my life now. You have. (laughs) And it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no need to ever do that again. No. 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 As we started to drive into Indiana, that's when the weather turned. Yeah. It started getting really crappy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very dark and ended up becoming this heavy rain, which was me getting a call from my parents on this, like, be mindful of the weather. And um, clearly, this is where I get my weather obsession from. Uh, Clearly. Because my dad was watching the Weather Channel to be like, hey, um, I see that there's storms coming across the state of Indiana, and I just want you to be careful. I mean, it's all out of love it's like what a parent will do forever you know of course but it's like this is definitely where the weather nerd in me comes from yeah or the weather paranoid nerd (laughs) in you comes from weather obsessive yes exactly Mm -hmm. and i was driving yeah i felt bad about that we were really good about no one nobody neither one of us would ever drive for too long a no stint on a day like that no one would ever drive 12 hours that's impossible so no we were very good at we're doing like halves basically halves and sometimes sometimes it was like quarters we would sometimes it was quarters right exactly because it's too much to try to do that and it just gets to be like no no so yeah we eventually get to the town of valparaiso which is also a city in chile which i happen to have been to as well which was funny to me when we were booking things the towns in chile and indiana could not be farther from one another and what they are and how they appear the only similarity is that they're very far away from each other that's right so we decided to go to, to the airbnb first basically we ended up getting the whole house for like three nights but the Airbnb part was this, the basement. Right. So we did have to walk through the front door of the house where there were other people. Yep. And then we just went to the basement and we had the whole bottom floor to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 
very big. Yeah, it was great. There was a big, there were like two bedrooms. Just one, but there, there was, was a big theater. One bedroom with two beds, mm-hmm. two or three beds in it yeah. actually. And then there was the um, home theater room. Yeah. Theater. Theater. <laughs> and it was like full of cozy chairs and a big screen and a yeah. whole thing. And it yeah. also had a kitchen and a bathroom. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. It was great. It was like the perfect, like, after driving that long, when we were planning, and we've talked about this before, we never really wanted to have done a long drive and then have to get into a campsite because this is a trip where we both camped and stayed in Airbnbs or kind of like lodgy places. So since this was our first kind of trek and we had driven all day, we were like, we're not campsiting this. We're going to Airbnb it. That's right. And, and it I was do perfect. want to give a quick PSA here because the decor inside of this place was for the most part pretty simple. Yeah. However, there were things about this that made it very charming. The person who like was the, the host. host who owned the house clearly had an interest in like making things out of gears yeah. and wood. And so there were a lot of steampunky. Very steampunky. And it like it, none of it made a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but the fact that it was like they were handmade yeah. and that they were everywhere, so much charm. Yeah. I appreciate that over something like, Live, laugh, go listen love. to our um, Cuyahoga Valley episodes, everybody, if you want to hear about a, a completely different Airbnb experience. <laughs> but when people go, oh, I have to create a rental property and I... Furnish it and... What, yeah. What are people going to like? Okay, you're already asking the wrong question. Right. You got you just gotta ask, make a space that I know I would like, that I think is lovely and warm and, and inviting and yeah. comfortable yeah. and you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. This is what this person had yeah. done. Um when we got in, we settled in to take uh and basically took some time to just stretch and decompress from being on the road and eat something. So we were sort of mindful about what we were going to eat. The nice thing about being on a road trip is that we were able to pack a lot of groceries from New Jersey and we were just going to restock as we were along the way. But we also utilized Backpackers Pantry for dinner a lot, which we have utilized for hiking before. They're not an official sponsor. No, but, but we love could them. Be. But they could um, be. So, you know, after eating, sort of were like zonked. So we just packed ourselves up and made a call about what we were going to do the following day. As we had two days in the Indiana Dunes National Park area, and we wanted to explore as much of the park as we could. So here's the thing about Indiana Dunes National Park. It basically hugs onto the Indiana Dunes State Park. While there was a real push early on in the advent of the MPS for the dunes to be protected and given national recognition, it wouldn't come until 1966 when the dunes became Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. The National Park designation came in 2019. So the state park was established in 1926, and it is relatively small. So that being said, we had heard nothing but incredible things about the state park from folks who had already been to Indiana Dunes National Park. We wanted to make a point to visit the state park. So while this is a national parks podcast, the state park is phenomenal and it needs to be talked about on a similar type level. Absolutely. Well, yeah. essentially, like it's just a matter of management. Right. It's not a matter of one's better than the other. No. Like it's just a matter of who is managing yeah. and overseeing which areas of this land. Yeah. The first day we headed to the state park to just enjoy what was there. We got up, we used the morning to eat breakfast and pack whatever we needed to into the car. And we drove off to the state park, which was very, very close. It wasn't that far from Valparaiso. We were there very early, but it was the summer. So it was also very light outside at this time. We stop in at the ranger station as we pull in and um, we pay the entrance fee. This was a separate cost from the national park fee. And we headed in and found a spot to park at the nature center it was an overcast day but really muggy and full of buggies (laughs) (laughs) It is clear that it had rained the night before and that there were a lot of puddles everywhere. 
We take our time to gear up and we take a look at the map and decide what our route is going to be for the day. There are two sort of loops here and all the trails have numbers as names. The trails to the east look longer and more inviting for a long trek, while the trails to the west looked more like they were kind of compact, quick sort of trails. We talked about it and kind of agreed that let's start on the longer trails because we do love to front load and then we could make a decision about how much of the western trails, which were the shorter, more compact trails, we wanted to get done. Can I just say immediately this area felt incredibly rainforesty mm-hmm. to me right here in this moment. Like mm-hmm. we park, we're by the nature center. I was shocked. Like I was expecting like beach. Yeah, me too. And that certainly will come, but I did not expect to have such lush green. Yeah. So much of it right there. This was a big surprise for both spaces. Um, but here specifically, because it definitely, I just assumed we were going to drive right up to having grown up on the beach, a beach, and didn't expect to drive into a forest, basically. Yeah. Our only experience on sand dunes at this point had been great sand dunes. National Park in Colorado, we remembered how tired we were at the end of that day during those dunes. It was very difficult to walk up those dunes. But we set off on trail number nine, the nine trail, as it is called. To get on the nine trail, it's really pretty easy as the trailhead is just at the edge of the parking lot. We are pretty much, I think there was maybe one other car, two other cars there at this point. So we sort of had the entire trail to ourselves. We barely saw people, even on the entirety of this hike. It was very, very sparse as far as people that were in the park. Starting off on this trail was immediately in sand. And at first the sand was pretty compact. And then um, we hiked for a bit. And then it became a little more like beach sand. You could tell like where the water had really like affected that those spots of the sand right. to compact it or not. Right. And if you listen to our trail mix on the nature of dunes, you'll learn a little bit more about maybe why the sand was more compact in that area as opposed to why it's looser elsewhere. Yep. Um, the strange and beautiful thing about this part of the park is that despite the fact that we're in sand, just like Dusty said, we're in an incredibly green forest, which... I can't ever really, like I said, growing up at the beach and having the beach right here, it's not something that I am typically used to seeing. You also grew up at the shore as well. Yeah, on the Gulf Coast. On the Gulf Coast. Yeah. So that's probably from, and I've been to Biloxi Hmm. before we knew each other. That's right. Weirder things. But I don't remember seeing any of that sort of kind of forest. No, there's none of that there. Yeah. There are some forests on some of the barrier islands, Mm -hmm. but it is wild and amazing how like obviously plants thrive when they're near water Mm -hmm. and like they can get that really lush, dark green color. Mm -hmm. Like so much was happening here because of their proximity to the water. Mm -hmm. Looking back at some of those photos from our time in the park, there was a sign that said birding trail. And again, I am breadcrumbing my way through your origin story as a birder here. Yes, because you are. clearly this is where, like, you know, you don your cape and fly off into the night. That's right. That's <laughs> like Stevie right. Nicks. <laughs> if I if you never hear from me again, it's because I have transformed <laughs> this week probably into a Mexican Jay mm-hmm. and then flying away. Yeah. Yeah. I've flown away. That flown the coop, mm-hmm. as it were. Yeah. As we said, this was our very first day of hiking in what would be a five-week adventure of a lot of hiking. Yeah. So expectations were high. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm trying, you know, I I lead a life where I try to limit my expectations and just experience things for what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think this was our first park and we were like, yeah, let's Let's get it. Let's go for it. (laughs) We both were. Yeah. We both were. I mean... You'll hear more about this later, but y'all, we did just literally come off of a trip to Big Bend where we hiked 30 miles in three days. Three days, days yeah. Um, and we most were, of like, that was in two days. Most of that was in two days back to back. We didn't even give ourselves the small day in between. No. We just were like, oh, we hiked a very long day. Let's do another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's what we... <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do for each other. That's mm-hmm. what happens when we're together. Push. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Yeah. So we start this trail off with some incline. It is incline and sand. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it does eventually level off. And um, we walk through a bit in this very overcast sort of sky with gray light coming through the trees. It's beautiful. It's highlighting all the leaves. Mm-hmm. Very lovely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like underbrush here too. A yeah. lot of like green, almost like ferny kind of underbrush, which was like just the level of green here was just like, wow. And I think it was because it was such contrast to the gray day. It really just made it stand out. And everyone Mm -hmm. that we talked to about Indiana Sand Dunes was like, oh my God, go to the state park. People often forget to go there when they're visiting the national park. So we're so glad at this moment that we did this. We eventually hit a juncture after not too much time. And this is the juncture of the nine and the 10 trail. So we plan to do part of the 10 trail later. So what we decided to do is to hike out the nine kind of to Lake Michigan was sort of our plan and come back on part of the 10 later. As I mentioned before, it was really humid. It was like walking through soup. I mean, we were sweating through our shirts right away. The entire, yeah. And it wasn't hot. No. It wasn't oppressive. It just was like humidity. Humidity. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just, you know, collectively collecting moisture collecting moisture (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah there is some elevation gain and loss as we continue this trek through trail nine parts of it feel more difficult than others yeah especially because it's like digging your feet into sand at some points Mm -hmm. and then at some points it's sort of like walking on top of sand yeah and, and we're at some points very exposed and at some points we dip back into this canopied forest section we do eventually hit another juncture point where the nine conjoins to itself and you can either go to the left towards the shore or the right and get onto the 10 trail we continue to plot on to the nine and after this juncture things get even sandier as we begin to gain more and more elevation eventually we start to make our way out of this forest that we're in there's still some trees around but they start to break and the sky is much much more open now And this is some absolutely serious grunt work. Mm -hmm. It was like, hoof it. Yeah. Grunt up. Yeah. End up. Grunt work is one of my favorite hiking terms. Like, Mm -hmm. to just be like, yeah, that was the gruntiest part of the trail. And this was a very grunty part. (laughs) Things do start to open up even more. And we start to get to the crest of the hill. And after climbing up the sand dune, we end up seeing a pretty spectacular sight. And with that, let's take our first break. All right, everybody, we're playing The Vault. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. There it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's always been a while. (laughs) It's been a while since we played this. Mm -hmm. Things we've been saying every time we get to the game Mm -hmm. part of our episode. Mm -hmm. For those just joining us, these are little games that we play in between like the story of the trail because Mm -hmm. um, we play these games on the trail. And they help yep. us to mentally stay activated when our bodies are Depleted. slowly and deactivating, <laughs> yeah. right? So the vault, we come up with a category. Somebody's got to put three of those things in the vault. Those things will be saved. Everything else gone destroyed, forever. gone forever. Mm-hmm. So what is the category today, Mike? The category is Nickelodeon shows from the 1990s. Nickelodeon shows from the 1990s. Mm-hmm. All right. Choose wisely. All right. So I've got my three. All right. I'm ready for you. All right. Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. Ah, Real Monsters. Mm. And Legends of the Hidden Temple. Ah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So can I respond? Sure. So I don't know. I was just never a Rocco's Modern Life. Oh. I... There were the people who loved it, loved it. And then I felt like if you weren't on the love train, you yeah. weren't on the train at all. Yeah. So yeah, that's I fair. always, I tried so many it times. It was weird. I think it was like a little less weird than Ren and Stimpy. And so I really liked, it was like my level of weirdness. It was like the porridge bowl that. that was just right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. And I never really got into all real monsters. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. The legends of the hidden temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Great. Um, I went in another direction. Okay. Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, yeah. I forgot about because, that. Because, ooh, 
that storytelling. Show, the storytelling. Oh God, I loved that. That was show. like in the time of like when Goosebumps was really big, and yeah. that's like everybody at school was reading Goosebumps. And, and there was a TV show that sort of followed a similar yeah. pattern. I mean, oh, R.L. Stein so just like raking in the cash. But I feel like that sort of fed the Goosebumps um, kind of love. love. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to save Doug. Oh, Doug. Okay. God, I loved Doug. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I felt like Judy was <laughs> just, just my favorite character of the whole show. And then finally, I'm going to pick like a real B-side one here, okay. which is this show called Space Cases. Oh, I Please don't know let that. me know if you remember Space Cases. I don't because, know that show. Uh, I loved Space Cases. It was part of SNCC. Okay. And I watched SNCC. All the time. Snick was great. I remember when Snick started, it was Clarissa Explains It All, mm-hmm. followed by Roundhouse, which was that like weird sketch comedy. Sketch, but dance show. Dance show yeah. where they did it all in a studio on one set. Yeah. Then Ren and Stimpy, then Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm. I remember Snick evolved to have like other shows, mm-hmm. you know, get into rotation on mm-hmm. Snick. Like Roundhouse was cycled out and then new shows were cycled in. But Space Cases was one of the shows that was cycled in. Hmm. And I loved the show. It was it was basically a lost in space situation. All of these people are on a spaceship or they end up on a spaceship and then it launches and they shouldn't have been there and now they have to survive. But it had the best theme song ever. And I loved it. Can you sing it for us? <laughs> um, I remember it's Space Cases. Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, how do you know I'm gay? Mm-hmm. That's right. My favorite character was this. The gay one. <laughs> um, <laughs> she had a rainbow bob wig. The gay one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And she had a an invisible friend named oh. Susie who actually then showed up in season two. Oh. It was wild. <laughs> I know. I know. I loved that show. Space Cases for the Win. And that's The Vault. So what did you see when we got to the top of the Sandy Hill? Well, it was nice to see. I mean, there was like a long downhill. Mm -hmm. But then it was just vast Lake Michigan. Yeah. And I had never seen Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. And it was very exciting for me. Um, I remember like it was... Was that your first Great Lake? No. Okay. I have seen... I had seen Lake Erie before that. It was a similar feeling to like... The first time I saw the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. or the first time I saw the Atlantic Ocean. Sure. I, not that the Gulf of Mexico is part of the Atlantic Ocean, but it doesn't feel like you're looking at the Atlantic. Yeah. It feels like you're looking at the Gulf of Mexico. Sure. You know. I get it. So it is wild to me how big those lakes are because they look like ocean. Because they are. They're inland seas, I feel like. Essentially. You know? I mean, they're huge. It's also terrifying to me. How big they are. How big they are. And they're freshwater. Yeah. Which is even wilder to me. Terrifyingly wild. Yeah. So it was really special. Yeah. And I always, you know, I'd been to Chicago a bunch because I had some friends that went to grad school there. So I have seen Lake Michigan its fair share, but never outside of the city. So it was really nice to be in this natural space to view the lake. And kind of like looking down over the top of this hill, it really did sort of feel like great sand dunes a bit because essentially below us was this giant bowl shape in the landscape. It just was incredibly sandy and it felt like I could just sled or board down this. It brought me right back to Indiana sand dunes and I wish that I had like a a sled to just go down. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did, too. Mm-hmm. But alas, we didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we could have just rolled down on our backs. Sure. But we walked we trudged. down. We yeah. trudged down, mm-hmm. knowing that we would have to trudge back up later. Yeah. And it kind of was like slow motion running, but it was a lot of fun to do because it just was like, I felt like you had some good bounce in between the sand as we were kind of making these lunges. It didn't take us much time to get down because obviously gravity and the laws of motion. And the section that we went through is actually called a blowout, which you can learn more about um, when you listen to our The Nature of Dunes episode. But guess what makes blowouts happen? Erosion. (laughs) Erosion. What a surprise. parks (laughs) brought to you by erosion. Exactly. I Mm -hmm. mean, it is. It is. It's 1,000%. So when we got down to the base of the hill, we needed to continue to hike a little further out to get to the lake. There are pathways 
that led out to the shoreline, essentially. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take us long to trudge the rest of the way through this blowout area to get to the beach proper to enjoy the beauty of Lake Michigan. It was a very cloudy day. It was gray, but it was such a gorgeous moment. Yeah, it was very calm too. As we got closer to the lake, the shore changes from sand to kind of rocky, pebbly here. And we walked, we, you know, sauntered right up to the lake and put our fingers in, um, just so we were able to say that we've touched Lake Michigan. <laughs> right? Right. What a glorious morning here in the state park at Indiana Sand Dunes National Park. That's right, it's nestled right within the national park. It's its own separate unit just run by the state though. Not, you have to like separately get here. Um, We're currently looking at Lake Michigan. We are. And we've been hiking since like 640, which is not atypical for us, but also not always the most typical (laughs) to be that early. We hike early, but not always that early. Um, There are Currently, we're standing on sand right at the edge of the shore. There are rocks as well. It's um, the first day of our five-week National Parks road trip, and this is our first stop, and I think it's such a nice tranquil kickoff. There's some flies this morning. If we stop for too long, they like to, uh, you know, attach themselves. Right. Bug spray is only doing so much right Only now. so much. The water is some very gentle waves lapping up on the beach. It's like aqua water. It feels almost tropical right now. And then behind us on the sand is green, beautiful forest. So many shades of green. Yeah, it's kind of wild to know like that this forest, which is made up of all different sorts of trees, not only conifers, but also other types of deciduous trees, is here, like in the sand, that this is growing right in sandy soil. We just hiked trail number nine. Now we are about to continue on to 10. This is also a fantastic spot to see the skyline of Chicago. Um, And from what we understood and what we had been told, this is the best spot to see Chicago from. Oh, right. (laughs) From the state park. From the state park. So if you're looking to see the skyline, another reason to go to the state park for sure. So after spending some time here, we turned to head back up to the juncture of Trail 9. This section is kind of weird with regards to marked trails. And there's it's sort of like a web of trails that's happening. Um, and what we would find on our way back up was quite a few desire paths. Yeah, exactly. Confusion. it's not like a, like a dirt path through yeah. the woods. This is just sand. sand. Right. Also, because the map that we had didn't have any distance markers on it, we assume that after walking for a bit that we may have traipsed down far enough to get to the Furnessville blowout, um, which was the next blowout on the map, and that as we were trudging up the line of dunes, we were headed up, that we were there. But in reality, we were just on the other side of the beach house blowout, which is what we had come down. And when we actually climbed the hill of sand, we could see exactly where we had come down earlier. Right. So essentially, there's all these blowouts right next to each other. On the map. On the map. We'd come down one to get to the lake. And then we walked down the beach a little bit. And then we thought, oh, this is the next blowout that we have to walk up. Nope. Same blowout. (laughs) But it was not. It was the same blowout. Mm -hmm. So we had to go back out to the beach. Yeah. We took a minute to kind of regroup and figure out what we were going to do and whether or not we needed to actually go down again to go onto the beach to get to the Furnaceville blowout. But when we got to the top, we saw a trail marker. And this was truly a trudge to get back up. Um, This was very soft sand coming up this edge of the blowout here. Literally, as we get to the top where the woods were, 
there is a blaze that helped us to realize that we were actually on the Nine Trail. This part of the Nine Trail ended up being pretty level, but still pretty sandy. And upon closer inspection, we realized that this was going to take us behind the Furnaceville blowout, which would deposit us back toward the beach if that was what we wanted. Walking this area is where we see the first few folks that we had seen on the trail at all um, this morning. It's also here that we notice that things start to get a little buggy. So it wasn't so bad here, but it did end up being a little different from that first forest area that we went through um, in regards to bugs. As we were walking through the trees, we could see some other tall dunes along the lake shore. We could see that someone had run up the side of one of the dunes and made like a giant heart out of footprints. It was it was lovely, you know, to like propose marriage to someone, maybe, <laughs> probably, or just um, just for love, or just for love, just because they love love, or to throw off two people who are walking along the beach, yeah, together at some point that yeah. day to be like, oh, is this for me? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Did you do this? Trickery. Trickery. <laughs> uh-huh. That's either going to work in their favor <laughs> or, or backfire real hard. So as we're on the Nine Trail here, it varies between incredibly heavily wooded areas and then some areas where there are breaks and you get these great vantages of the shore of Lake Michigan. Eventually, as we're walking through the trail, we have some more incline that starts to take us up. And this is where we start to kind of come up the side of the Furnaceville blowout. And this is going to take us back to the beach and put us on the start of the 10 trail. This felt very familiar and very homey, considering beach walking is something that is super accessible for both of us. We make our way down to the shoreline proper so that we can walk the pebbles. Walking on the pebbles makes the sand walking all a little feel oh a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a t- lot yeah. easier on the feet. Yeah, it's very, very dark as we're walking in the distance, which is to the east. But we're pretty sure that we're in the clear when it came to weather for that day. It just was going to be kind of this ominous sky and kind of very heavy humidity. I just remember as we were walking that and later when we were in Wisconsin, also on the shores of Lake Michigan, um, visiting our friend Alex, that the rocks here were just so cool. Um, Oh, so cool. Because they're all these fossils that are preserved in these lake rocks. Yeah. And it was so cool to see them. Yeah. And you just kind of have to look at the rocks a little harder than you normally would to be able to spot the fossils. So it was a really neat kind of thing. And this we would learn again later when we were visiting our friend Alex, who has a lot of knowledge of the lake. So we encounter some more people here. And there is this one man who's walking his dog, who's off leash. Um, and just living his best life. Yeah, he was a happy. He I think he was a golden a happy, retriever. Yes. Happy. With a floppy, smiley golden retriever. Mm-hmm. The section of the beach, which is the 10 trail, is rather long, but we are also trying to keep our eye out for the trail marker that's going to turn us back inland. I don't think it would have been harmful to kind of continue down the beach if we missed it, but we also didn't want to just be on the beach the entire time. There were some trails that dipped inland that we were hoping to get on, and it was like, okay, I'm going to keep my eye on the right just to make sure that we're not missing the trail marker. Eventually to the right, we do spot the trail marker and we turn back into the woods to even more insects. And with that, let's take our next break. All right, it's time for Drag Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Lake Pickin. Lake Pickin. Mm -hmm. Okay, who is Lake Pickin? Lake Pickin is a scavenger queen. Oh, I Mm -hmm. like it. Mm -hmm. I think all of her looks should be like recycled be made out of recycled found objects. Recycled beach trash. Recycled beach trash yeah. or lake beach trash. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. or yeah. any beach trash. Yeah. Pick it up and make it into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think she's got a whole driftwood look. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is like a netting look. I think that... Um, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think also she might, if Lake Pickin is truly the queen of the Great Lakes, perhaps she either has four other lakes that follow her oh. in her act, or perhaps she, on different nights, embodies a different lake of oh, the, interesting. Um, the Great Lakes. Hmm. They could all be like a musical group, too. It could be. Like mm-hmm. the Spice Girls, but... Yeah. Lake Pickens, just one of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that very Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. I like that. What song does she do a number to? That's a good question. What does Lake Pickens like 
Lake Sip. Link Sip, too. I mean, I feel like Rain on Me is an obvious mm-hmm. one. Umbrella mm-hmm. is another obvious one. I feel like she does a slow jam to Endless Love. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's an 80s queen. That's why I'm thinking of Endless Love. I feel like there's like, she just is embodied by the 80s for some reason too. That's like part of her shtick. I can't tell you why, but it feels right. I like it. Big hair. <laughs> Big there's hair. There's gotta be some beach trash yeah. in the hair. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. This is very Patagonia, FYI. Patagonia yeah. has also made quite a few looks out of yeah. out of um, refuse. recycled refuse. Mm-hmm. And it's the looks are stunning. Yeah. Absolutely I think that's stunning. probably also what I'm getting stuck I on. I say Patagonia has made them, but Patagonia also works with designers who, mm-hmm. independent designers who make beautiful pieces out of recycled materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's giving off that. It's serving yeah. that as well. And I feel it's like serving sustainability. Yeah. I feel like there is um I feel like her merch is actually like a bag and a pole with a nail on the end of it to pick up trash. Like one oh, of those I like, like yeah. That. I feel like she's like, Okay, it's a I'm a pay it forward queen. I'm a pay it it's forward. Like you queen. gotta do some community service here for the lake. So I think she also would do karma by Alicia Keys. Oh, okay. What goes around comes around. Great. Because that must come down. Mm-hmm. And if it works, you don't succeed. Dust yourself off and try. Oh, again. so now uh, an Aaliyah mashup. Okay, yeah. great. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. I like great. that very much. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Lake Pickin. It doesn't take us long after turning inland to get into a very, very woodsy area that is very, 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 very buggy. It is even more lush here and green mm-hmm. here than mm-hmm. the other parts that we had seen. And there's plenty of healthy undergrowth. And where there is undergrowth, there will be bugs. Yeah. It is so gorgeous and truly beautiful and rich and deep and concentrated. And verdant. <laughs> and verdant in its green. This section is known as Paradise Valley, and it's very easy to see why. The trail here is a little narrower and the further that we kind of go along it, which is the first time that we start to notice that the landscape has changed a little bit more, and it feels more marshy without the marsh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird thing, but it did. Yeah. There's more like tall cattail type, lake plants here and eventually we stumble upon a section of very low boardwalk which as you know doesn't excite either of us at all in any way we hate it we (laughs) can't stand delicious beautiful boardwalk trails Mm -hmm. so after walking a bit on this low boardwalk we accidentally stumbled upon some wild turkeys just hanging out on the boardwalk Mm -hmm. (laughs) the very tightness of this trail the tight corners and the fact that there was like a lack of vantage startled both us and the turkeys because we literally stumbled upon them like there was no way to know that we were gonna like come upon them and they just like and like ran away very quickly that's right (laughs) that's right Mm -hmm. and now the landscape is very different Mm -hmm. and um there's much more sky as the canopy trees is less present Mm -hmm. after the boardwalk section uh we continue through some taller forest sections And um, we continue to hike through these larger sections off to the left of the trail that are more open to the sky. And this actually looks more like a proper marsh wetland than we had experienced on other parts of the boardwalk. We know there's a section of the trail that we're going to do this morning that is the two trail. And from what it looks like from the map, there's going to be a much larger section of boardwalk as we go through. Not excited at all, guys. Um, As we begin to approach the two, there are these very large puddles across the trail from the heavy rain the night prior. And there's also more than a few Boy Scout made benches that we had noticed along the trail. This, I think we had come to assume was clearly someone's Eagle Scout project that they had to do. It doesn't take long for us to get onto the next section of Boardwalk to experience the majesty of these wetlands. Okay, this was so magical. Yeah. I remember taking photos of this and I was like, I cannot believe this is Indiana. Yeah, it felt I like would Florida. Have never believed yeah. this. Here in Indiana, you know what I mean? Like 
I was in total shock by all of this. How mm-hmm. were you feeling about these? I mean, lands? it just really was a complete surprise considering everything else we'd experienced that day. I guess we shouldn't have been surprised by it because of how beautiful it was and how unexpected. It really did feel like we were somewhere in the South. It, Like I said, it felt like swampy Florida, Louisiana. The, Louisiana. Like it just had that feel to it. And it's not a very big section, but it's just such a cool little like moment in the woods. Oh, it was. So at this point, the boardwalk is wider. It's more elevated off the ground from the earlier boardwalk we were on. And the boardwalk basically immediately curves. And then the canopy of trees that we were under in the section of forest fades away. And it opens up to just more sky. So basically, we're not in the forest at all. There's nothing above us. At this point, the clouds have kind of burned off during the day. And it ends up being this beautiful, very sunny sort of sky. And beautiful kind of moment shining in the wetlands. There's also like a whole bunch of dead trees around that do provide a very sort of eerie vibe. This is why I like them. Spooky season. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And plenty for you to take photos of. Mike mm-hmm. has the thing about taking photos of dead trees. Mm-hmm. He will release um, a coffee table book of <laughs> yeah. his dead tree exactly. photography. There's so much There's so much happening here. The algae blooms that are in the marsh, the animals. There were so many birds, I feel like, that oh, yeah. flew through that you probably just I at the time. I would not even know. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. I would uh, love to go back and and really look at the birds there. Yeah. We found that as we were on this boardwalk that it was really only a year old and it had been replaced uh, because it had been a much lower boardwalk similar to what we were on earlier. But because the wetlands levels of the water rises and falls, it was really damaging that boardwalk. So this new boardwalk being elevated really helped to stem any future repair or at least it seemed like the old boardwalk was probably being repaired a ton based off of the fluctuation of the wetlands. This seemed to be more of a sustainable option. The boardwalk takes us out of the wetlands and back into the woods and onto a more solid surface. Now we were in what would be the last section of woods for us on this trail, and it is heading us back to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. It was here that we started to encounter a lot more people as it was a Sunday and I think like 10 a.m. at this point. So there were people that clearly used the state park. There were a lot of people running on the trail. There were just people hiking. It seemed to be like more of a popular spot later in the day. We hiked for a long while here just on these trails, about three hours in total, just this first section. And we really got to see so much. The state park is so varied in its landscape. It was really, really wild. This was the part of our trail day where we just sort of escape into just like deep conversation. We do it all the time. We talk about a lot of things Mm -hmm. ad nauseum Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like from so many different perspectives and angles. We were doing that a lot here. It was like chatting and meandering and hiking and walking and like in this beautiful, beautiful space. And this chatting and meandering eventually brought us to the other end of the parking lot where we had started. And we looked at the map to plan our next adventure for the day since, of course, it was only 10 a.m. And there was a lot here in Indiana Sand Dunes National Park that we wanted to do. So let's put these trails on the Karen Stone scale. So we have the nine trail, we have the 10 trail, and we have the two. So the nine is sort of like our first little bit of grunt work up from the parking lot down towards through the blowout um, of the beach house blowout up again into the woods before we came to the Furnaceville blowout. I'm going to give this a five because the uphill on sand is... is It's real. Real. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. It was good. Yeah. But it was tough. Yeah. So five. I'm going to say six because I do feel like the trudging was um, exhausting. And it was a lot of up and down, especially towards the end as we were kind of gaining and losing elevation. What about the 10 trail, which was mostly along the beach? So that's 11 out of 20 Karen Stones for trail nine. So what about the 10 trail, which is mostly along the beach? Oh, God. Like, like a two? If that. Yeah. I would say a one. It's just yeah. along the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You're nothing. Like yeah. An, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a flat walk on the beach. Yeah. It's a one for me. It's a one for me too. So that's a two out of 20 Karen Stones for the 10 trail. And then our last trail is the two, which is a lot of what our way back through the woods was, through the marshes, across the boardwalks, all of that stuff. So there was less sand here. It was more soil and boardwalk. 
Right. I would say maybe like a three. That was my inclination too. It wasn't so bad. No. But there's a little bit more here to deal with than say the 10 trail along the beach. Yeah. So um, six out of 20 Karen Stones for the two trail. And now let's end this episode like we end all of our episodes with some Jeopardy style trivia. Okay. We are both very excited about our categories today. Yes. So who wants to go first? Why don't you go ahead, dearest? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So this is what I call a donut hole category. Okay. Because I was inspired by the fact that the Indiana Dunes State Park is basically inside of the Indiana Dunes National Park. Okay. In this category, the answers are two words. Okay. One word is a longer word, mm-hmm. and one word is a shorter word. Okay. But that shorter word can also be found in that longer word. Okay. So I have an example one okay. for you. But you're giving an answer, like the words are connected. Okay. If you suddenly misplaced and couldn't find the list of defined terms at the back of a textbook, it would be called a this. Is it lost in index? So it's not index. Think of a different... What is lost glossary? Lostery? (laughs) No, 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 no. Lost is not inside of glossary. But what word is? Loss. Right. Glossary loss. Exactly. It's a glossary loss. Got it, got it, got it. So it's a phrase that makes sense, but also loss is found inside of glossary. There's a lot happening inside of one place. There is. Like Indiana Dunes. (laughs) That's my whole thing. Mm, got it. Got it. I just looked at my category and I was like, oh, I remember now why I liked it. <laughs> Great. Okay. So for 100. Great. One may feel this intense level of anger upon opening the door to the storage room for a car often attached to a house if they found it to be in disorganized disarray. What is garage rage? That's right. Okay. Good. For 200. When you go to the Xerox to retrieve your paper and it is extremely warm to the touch, it could be called a this. <laughs> so what comes out of the Xerox? Copies? Yes, but the long form of that word is what? The long form of copies? Mm-hmm. So is the long format photocopy? That's right. So is it hot photocopy? That's right. <laughs> hot photocopy. Mm-hmm. Okay, for 300... If one is on a long journey Mm -hmm. and encounters a section that might require some additional help, you may need help from this wise old character who can help see you through to the other side. I'm not going to lie. This probably should have been the $500 clue. Is sage one of the words? It is. Okay. Sage is the word that's contained within. That's right. So there's a larger word that sage is part of. Okay. An epic journey. Through uh, to the other side. What is a passage sage? That's right. Okay, great. Nailing it. Okay, great. For 400, Mm. this is the name of this environmental awareness drag queen whose first name is a surname title and whose last name is a term for releasing carbon dioxide into the air. (laughs) Is a term for... The release of carbon dioxide into the air. Who is polypollute? <laughs> no, but that's great. Polypollutant. It is not, but that's a great name. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Think about the term for releasing carbon dioxide into the air. What do we call that? Exhaust. A what? Exhaustion. Mm-mm. No. Um, it's measured in levels. Rates. I'm like drawing blanks right Your now. Car is measured for it. It's amount emissions. Of- okay. Who is M emission? <laughs> What's a title that's inside of emission? Oh, who is Miss Mission? Close. <laughs> who is Miss Emission? <laughs> Miss Emission. I'm really on the struggle <laughs> bus right now. <laughs> oh, emission. It's Miss Mission. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real the here. The struggle is real. Yeah. Okay, here we go. For 500. This is a bad act 
you commit when you do something wrong at work. Is job one of the words? No. But you have a job out of this. A place. <laughs> yes. A, a workplace. Pl- a place of... Workplace. A place, place of, of employment. A place of... Business. Okay. Something wrong that you commit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bus business. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna ask you to um pull up some of your Catholicism trauma for this answer. A sin business. A business sin. A business sin. There you go. But a business I, sin. I frequent the sin businesses. <laughs> the sin business. <laughs> And that's the donut hole. That's the donut hole episode. episode. Great. No, that's a donut hole category. Great. Well, are you ready for mine? I'm so ready. I've been ready for weeks. Okay. So this is a category that is going to be done in two parts. Oh. Okay. Two parts. The title is 9, 10, and 2. Um, okay. You're going to have an answer for each of these questions, just a normal clue. But at the end, I'm going to ask you something else that oh. relates to all of them. Great. Okay. Great. Great. For 100. Record players, Lazy Susans, and Merry-Go-Rounds are all examples of these, which could also be repurposed as a phrase to mean something loosely similar to the shoe is on the other foot. What is turntable? That's correct. For 200. This syndrome, an inability to remember events for a period of time, often due to brain injury, illness, or the effects of illicit substances, is often used as a trope in television and movies. What is amnesia? That's correct. For 300, this substance, which brought military might to the ancient Byzantine culture, and which could burn on water, has a name attributed to another ancient society who worshipped Zeus. Oh, God. What is oil? Mm-mm. No? Was the substance that brought might? Yes, like military might. Like physical strength? No, military might. Like they had an advantage. Because of the substance. That could burn on water. So what's something that burns? Fire. Okay, and what's a society that worships Zeus? The Greeks. Okay, so put those together, but flip them around. Greek fire? Yes, that's correct, for 300. I've never heard of that term. Oh, it's a thing. Greek fire? Greek fire. You're not making up things. I'm not making words up together. Things, no. What is Greek fire? It's exactly what I just told you. <laughs> it was a substance that could burn on water. And that gave their... Do name. we still have Greek fire no, today? No, they don't know how it was made. But it's actually written about in history. Okay. Well, Great. The American education system, everybody. There you go. And all the gaps. Mm-hmm. Great. For 400... This part of the Pacific Ocean, the deepest ocean trench in the world, is almost seven miles in depth in total. And it's also the name of a band. What is Mariana's Trench? That's correct. It's a Canadian punk pop band. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's two final questions at the end of this. Great. Okay. Fleetwood Mac is infamous for its divorcing members, relationship fallouts, drug use, and this, one of the best rock albums of all times, with songs like Oh Daddy, The Chain, and Dreams. Oh God, I do not know my Fleetwood Mac albums. And since I love to gossip, I like to listen to these things and then spread them around. Oh, Rumors? That's correct. Is the name of the album? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, so here's question one at the end. Okay. This is the second studio album by English singer, songwriter, and multi-Grammy winner Adele, and is also the sum of the nine, ten, and two trails combined. The second studio album? What is 21? Correct. Each clue references a song on the album, Can You Name the Songs? From 21? Yep. So (gasps) each answer referenced... So do you want... Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So Greek fire is set fire to the rain. Correct. Okay, great. Um, Mariana's Trench. I'll come back to that one. The first one, what was the first one? If I give it to you, you'll know it. No, no, no. The Record answer, players, Lazy the Susans. Answer. I know. Oh, oh. Turning table. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Then the second one. A syndrome where you can't remember. Oh. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That was the song she wrote in the style of Alison Krauss, mm. a person I'm obsessed with that Adele is also obsessed with. Mm. Also, Alison Krauss is, she's in like the top five, like most decorated Grammy Award winners mm. of all time. Anyway. Okay. Okay, great. So I've got a few more. You got Greek fire. Got Greek fire. What was number four? The part of the Pacific Ocean, the deepest ocean trench in the world. Mariana's Trench. Mm -hmm. I basically just said part of the answer as I gave the clue again. Oh, rolling in the deep. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And lastly. And then finally, the the last one was... uh, The Fleetwood Mac Rumor has it. There you go. Obviously. There you go. God, that was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Rumor has it. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. To find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, Gaze at the National Parks.com. That's Gaze, G A Z E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Scleos on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. Thank you.